Thank you for coming. And may we enjoy the word of God and the fellowship together until Jesus comes and uh, be rejoicing in him. Well, we go back to our study of the... We're moving along with the children of Israel as you gather and we're not going to go into every battle that they fought there in, in Joshua, in the early chapters of Joshua, a few early chapters and it comes to an abrupt end as they distribute the land amongst the tribes of Israel. But we're looking at a summary thought. Christ, our captain, and Tony picked it as he did the readings this morning from both Joshua and from Hebrews. Christ, the captain of his host. Christ is Lord and Master. Christ is all in all. And we need to recognize that collectively as a church and collectively as churches and also as individuals and families that Christ is all. And you're not your own. I'm not my own. We are brought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in our bodies. He's the captain of our salvation. He's the captain of the armies of the Lord. And truly, we are in a warfare, are we not? It tells us clearly in Timothy, in the epistles, not in the Gospels, but in the epistles. It might be mentioned in the Gospels there, but we are in a battle. And uh, put ye on the whole armor of God. <laughs> it tells us to do that. Now, Joshua and all the men of those who survived the wilderness were going in to take the land. Uh, to possess the land. And that's what God wants us to do today. Possess the land. <laughs> possess putting the gospel out. Go ye into all the world as we've got it up there at the back. And that's our commission. And we are to be obedient to the captain, the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray to him at this time. Thank you, Heavenly Father, that you are captain of your people. You are the author of all that happens the beginning and the end, the Alpha and Omega. Lord, you are all in all, and all this has been worked out in times past. Thank you that you are sovereign over all, even over those that reject you. The Lord wanted one day to be realized in a, in a grand and spectacular way. We look forward to that day when you are in your place over this world and over its peoples. Lord, but in the meantime, we suffer the attacks of the enemy. We see his hand at work on every side these days within society, within governments, within churches. Lord, the attacks of the enemy are relentless and he is trying to bring this world in subjection to himself. I pray that you would thwart his plan and his purpose through your people as we take the word of God, arm ourselves and put on the whole armour of God and go to do the battle. Lord, bless your people today. Bless in the junior church there as they have missionary stories, Bible stories and craft work, Lord, that they might be uh, taught your way and learn to be soldiers of the Lord. We ask and pray in the precious name of our captain, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. <clears throat> Let's go back to the reading in Joshua chapter 5. And you notice in verse 12, there's all the other verses we'd love to read, but just <laughs> that verse where the reading was started. And the manna ceased on the morrow, and they, after they had e eaten of the old grain of the land, the corn of the land, neither had the children of Israel manna any more, but they did eat the fruit of the, 
of the land of Canaan that year. And so now they were in the land of milk and honey. They'd gone in and they were capturing the country and they were eating the, the fruit of the land. And as it says in other places, you're going to inherit cities you didn't build. Now some of them they destroyed, others they kept according to the command of the Lord. They were going to inherit vineyards they didn't plant. Remember the grapes were pretty good back 40 years earlier than this and I think they were still the same then they were going to inherit orchards they hadn't laboured for and uh, the, the wine presses and the storage systems up there overlooking well, at Megiddo and overlooking the Jezreel Valley you go up on the mound of Gil- Megiddo and there's all these about 20 something cities built on top of each other and all just pushed them down and then built another and, and so there's like a little mountain and down in the middle of it, they've got a, a big hole in the ground. And it's all lined with rocks. And a stairwell down into it, winding around the side. And what's that? That's a silo. <laughs> so they had silos in those days where they stored their wheat when they had their crops. Ring them in from the Jezreel Valley and put them into the silo. And so if they were raided, they had their, their food all there. And they had a spring. You go down another thing, and went right down to the bottom of all the cities in a, in a cave... And then you go out, you go out like this, and there's water that they've tapped from the big spring that supp- supplied that town. And uh, it was outside, but they made it so you couldn't find where it was for the enemy. If they stop the water, they get the people out. And so th- that was all in there, and it had all been dug out. And they were eating of the land. The land is a land that flowed, as it said, with milk and honey. And that was the accusation against Moses and uh, Aaron and Miriam. You haven't taken us into the land. You promised to take us into the land. God promised through them to take. And they rebelled. And that that was the cause of their problem. We've seen all those things. So the manna ceased. They were eating of the good things of the land. It came to pass in verse 13 when Joshua was by Jericho that he lifted up his eyes and looked. And behold, there stood a man over against him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went unto him and said unto him, Art thou for us or for our adversaries? And he said, Nay, but as captain of the host of the Lord am I now come. And this is what we're looking at. The captain of the host. And then it was said, Loose your shoes. In verse 15, From off thy foot for the place where thou standest is holy. And what you do is holy ground. No, well it was. But remember, that was said to somebody else who was captain of those. Moses at the burning bush. Um, And Joshua did so. And so the respect shown to God because of where he is, the captain of the Lord's host, is seen there. Maybe you've been a captain of something at some time in your life. Captain of the sports team. Um, Captain of the school. You know, the, the captain or the prefect that you get when you get in the later classes of the of the school and you have a little badge or they did in our day and you were prefect you know everyone obey me <laughs> not quite <laughs> not in school <laughs> um, <clears throat> work crew or something like that this word in the greek arch egos and has many meanings it means originator if you think of it captain lord of host originator and it means can mean author 
the author. If Brother Dunn writes a book, he's the author of it. He's the originator of putting those thoughts down on paper. Um, prince, ruler, commander, chief. I wonder if that's what, because America being a lot of Christians there, commander-in-chief. Who's that supposed to be? <laughs> the president of the United States. But these are the words that means captain, leader, pioneer, forerunner. Uh, where Jesus, the forerunner, is entered for us in the book of Hebrews. Governor, Lord, Master, Trailblazer. Trailblazer. And I heard, read an illustration this week about this, the trailblazer. It's like a ship that has lost its ability to be able to steer itself. It runs onto the rocks. But between them and the shore, there's quite a dangerous stretch of water to go. And rocks and all those things. Newcastle. Don't go fishing on the rocks at Newcastle, by the way. <laughs> oh, five people in the last couple of months have died from fishing off them rocks. Been swept out. But you can imagine this ship there and the shores there. But a trailblazer is one who has a, swims to the shore, pulling a rope, and allows all the others to follow from the ship to save. And this is the, the Lord Jesus, a trailblazer, the captain. And, and he's blazed the trail for us. He's been through the things being tempted in all points as we are, yet without sin. And he's the trailblazer to heaven, is he not? He's the one that set the road, set the path, laid the rope down so that we can hang on as we go through treacherous waters of life. And so <clears throat> this is the word that uh, is here used, captain, both in New Testament and in the Old Testament. Chapter 6 of Joshua, verse 2 to th- 5. And the Lord said unto Joshua, See, I have given into thine hand Jericho. This is the first town they were going to capture, first city. And the mighty men of valour. And it shall come to pass, and ye shall compass the city and the men of war, and go round about the city once. Thus shalt thou do six days. And then all the other instructions as it goes on. But... Who is telling Joshua what to do? The captain of the host, the Lord. Chapter 7 and verse 10 of Joshua. And the Lord said unto Joshua, Get thee up, wherefore liest thou upon thy face? This is after they had gone up to Ai. But if you read between the Jericho and this one, what didn't the people do? They didn't ask the captain what we should do. They went up in their own strength to capture Ai and they lost. And 36 men, husbands, died. But now the Lord is saying, get up off your face. Israel has sinned in verse 11. They've transgressed my covenant, which I commanded. And there he's talking about the Achan taking the accursed thing. And they were being defeated. Chapter 8, verse 1 and 2. We could go through all of these where it mentions, ask the Lord. Ask the captain, what should we do on this occasion? For instance, 8, verse 1. And the Lord said unto Joshua, Fear not, neither be thou dismayed. Take all the people of war with thee, and arise and go to Ai. I've given it into thy hand. Yes, there is a way to do it, and it's to ask the Lord. Ask the captain. Let him have his way. You know what? I'm f- afraid that there's a lot of people 
a lot of churches and a lot of Christians or people who name themselves as Christians that don't ask the Lord, we just do it. And we do an AI and we come unstuck. Churches come unstuck because they haven't asked the Lord. Governments certainly come unstuck because they haven't asked the Lord. Is this right or is this wrong? Is it Bible or is it not? And we have in our country legislations being passed one after the other that are all against the, the God of the universe, the sovereign Lord. Right against the Lord. 60, was it 42 million abortions in the world a year? 42 million murdered in a year and they still keep on passing the laws. And do you think God in heaven is not looking? Of course he is. He knows what men are doing and what countries are doing and what they're passing. Here we need today to ask of the Lord, is it your will? Is this right? You know, oftentimes we don't have to ask. We just have to read the Bible and we know it's right or wrong. Isn't that true? That's where we get our instructions from. That's where we get our teaching from. And people say, well, let's pray about it. No, you know the answer. Just do it. <laughs> just obey the word. That's walking in God's will. Know the, the will of the Lord, Ephesians 5 says, and how to know the will of the Lord is to read the Bible and get it and then pray for God's blessing as you do the will of the Lord. <laughs> And so these people needed to follow the Lord's instructions. Chapter 10, verse 5 of the book of Joshua. We have, therefore, the five kings of the Amorites, the king of Jerusalem, the king of Hebron, the king of Jarmuth, the king of Lachish, the king of Eglon, gathered themselves together and went up. You see, they saw that Israel was wiping out every, every city and king, and there was no stopping them. So these five thought, let's unite and get together. That's five of us. They won't surely defeat us. Uh, but the Lord gave them instructions in verse 8. And the Lord said unto Joshua, Fear them not, for I have delivered them into thine hand. There shall not a man of them stand before thee. So here, again, the captain of the host is giving the instructions. And I don't think we can miss the point as you read through this occasion, these occasions where they won these, won, these battles. Uh, <clears throat> chapter 10, verse 41 of the book of Joshua. And Joshua smote them from Kadesh Barnea, even unto Gaza, and all the country of Goshen, even unto Gibeon. And all these kings and their land did Joshua take at one time, because the Lord of Israel, what? He fought for If you want God to fight for you, if we want, as Christians, the Lord to be one who empowers the ministry and the service, ask him what he wants done, do the will of the Lord from the scriptures you know to be a clear teaching of it. You know, if we know to do good and do it not to us, it is sin. And that the Lord does not bless. And these people learnt that the Lord works for them and fights their battles for them when they commit it to God and trust him and believe his word, obeying his word. They fought long and hard in the land. In chapter 11 and verse 18, we read there, and Joshua made war a long time with all those kings. If you read about all the kings that are spoken of there. 
verse 21. And there at that time came Joshua and cut, this is chapter 11, 21, cut off the Anakim from the mountains, from Hebron, from Derbi, from Anab, and from all the mountains of Judah and from all the mountains of Israel. Joshua destroyed them utterly with their cities. It's interesting to notice if you read through it, they didn't get the plains down to the Mediterranean. They got some of them, but they didn't get them. And if you're in Israel, you get by the Mediterranean Sea and you look up and you see the mountains just over there. And the, the plains sweep in, what, 20, 30 k's in some places closer than others. They captured the mountains. Israel was good at capturing the mountains because there's places to hide, there's places to sneak around, there's places to set ambushes. That's what they did. They're very cunning people when it comes to war. And the countries around them need to learn that. They're not going to because they're going to defeat them in the future again. But they didn't capture the plains where it was open paddock. No. <clears throat> but anyway, they are here capturing all these and they walled a long time in the Anakim. Who are these folks? Why does it mention them by name? Well, they're the, some of the giants. They're the big fellas. And it seems like the sin that was committed way back there at, before, at Noah's time, was being committed here where the giants, not just giants in sin, but giants physically, were being born unto them. And they defeated the Anakim. There was none of the Anakim in verse 22 left in the land of the children of Israel. They, they, they won the battles. In chapter 12 and verse 24, it says at the end of that chapter, And the king of Tisra won. All the, the, the kings, 30 and 1, they defeated in the land. So it's coming toward the end of the battles. This is how many kings they destroyed in cities. Now, when we think of king, we think of a country. But in that time, it was a city and the, the th areas around it. And so <clears throat> when you go to Israel, it's not that big. And you say 31 kings, yep, 31 kings in their own right within their cities and the lands around them. So they won these battles as they had the Lord as captain of the host. Now, let's go to the passage in the book of Hebrews, chapter 2 and verse 9. Hebrews 2 and verse 9. <clears throat> that's verse 10. It became him for whom are all things and by whom are all things in bringing many sons unto glory to make the captain of their salvation, the author of our salvation, the originator of our salvation, the trailblazer of our salvation, perfect through suffering. For both he that sanctifieth the Lord and they who are sanctified, believers, are all one, for which cause he is not ashamed to call them brethren. So the Lord is our captain, commander-in-chief of the church, for he is the captain of our salvation, of all them that are sanctified. He is the head of the church, Colossians 1.18. He is the saviour of the body. Ephesians 5.23 and chapter 1.20-22. He is Lord of all, and every knee shall bow to him. He is the captain. It says it in different ways over and over again. He is sovereign king of kings in Revelation and Timothy. Men would like to think that they run the country, that they run the church, that they run their families. No. The Lord is captain. The Lord is king. All that happens, happens in his design. You know, they, <coughs> they don't. 
They don't. They need to be told. We need to be reminded. Does the Pope run the church? He thinks he does. <laughs> he runs the one, the apostated one. <laughs> Do prelates run the church? Do pastors run the church? Who's chief? Who's in charge? The Lord Jesus. He's the head, we just read it, of the body. He's the saviour of the body. Do people? No. Do secretaries? Referring particularly to Baptists. No. They don't run the church. Do deacons? Now, I've picked on pastors already. Do, do, no. You see, the Lord should run the church. He's the one we go to in, for instructions. The elders, the bishop, bishops. Yes, in a way we understand that they take the responsibility for guiding the church. But they should be, through the Lord, directing the church. All that we have, all that will ever do or ever be, issues from our captain. He is the author. Go to chapter 5 of the book of Hebrews and verses 8 to 10, where we read, Though he were a son, the Lord Jesus, yet learned he obedience by the things that he suffered. Being made perfect, he became the author, and it's the same word, captain of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him. Called of God and high priest after the order of Melchizedek. And over in chapter 12 of the book of Hebrews and verse 2. Speaking of the Lord Jesus, looking unto Jesus, the author, captain, trailblazer, and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despised the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. So Christ is the captain. Let's recognise that. Let's respect that. Let's behave as though he were the captain. As though we say, when he says something, what do you say to the captain when he says something? A lot of different answers there. <laughs> yes, sir. What do you want me to do? So if you're in the army, you know, there's a few army or ex-army people amongst us and, and they say to do it, what do you do? Well, you argue with him. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> you won't be in good standing if you do. You obey. We obey the Lord Jesus. The Lord Jesus, as our captain, planned the whole scenario, the whole of everything that happens from start to finish. As I mentioned in prayer, he's the Alpha and the Omega. He walked and talked with Adam and Eve in the garden. And as captain, he wanted to fellowship with these creatures he had created. He created us in his image that we could talk, we could think, we could reason, we could obey or disobey. He gave us all those faculties. And he, that's in his image so that we could relate to him. He doesn't force you. He invites you. And I'm seeing that more and more as I go on in ministry and I'm at the end of it sort of thing, that he gives the choice. He's not going to have people that don't want to follow him, follow him. It's your choice. You can obey or disobey. You can say yes, sir, or no, sir. But remember, when you say no, sir, one day you will say yes, sir. Because <laughs> every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess. It's coming. The day is coming and it, it'll come quick quicker than you think, when we go out into eternity and then have to stand before the judge. 
He is in control. He created us in his image. And he's the finisher of our faith. In the book of Revelation, it tells us there in chapter 21 and verse 3, there that he's going to dwell among us and he's going to fellowship with us. And I heard a great voice saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. He's going to do that. That's He started doing it. He's going to finish doing it. And he's going to bring it all together. He planned the whole thing. And Ephesians 1.4, it reads, According as he hath chosen us in him. When? When did he choose us in him? Before the foundation of the world. You see, he planned it all. You say, well, therefore it's all said and done and we can't do anything. No, he gives us the choice through life to make the decision. And he can plan it all and know who will become his children because he knows our response. Before we even were born, before the world was, he knew when the gospel came to you, the response you would have to him. Aren't you glad that you said, yes, Lord, Uh yes, Lord, and obeyed him? Because that is eternal life. In First Peter 1, 19 and 20, but with the precious, speaking of the Lord Jesus, but with the precious blood of Christ, who was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. In Romans 5, 8, but God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Yes, he has it all in hand. He is the captain. He knows the wars we face, the battles we come up, the cities we have to defeat, the troubles in life that we face. You see, if at the start of life you were able to see everything that was going to happen to you in life, what might happen? You know, so I give up now. (laughs) Too, Too hard. I mean, if they all come at once, you'd say, you know, doesn't the Lord spread them out? You get over one and you get another one. But the Lord spreads them out. He gives you time to come up and take a breath. And and they're into it again. But sometimes the Lord gives wonderful days where there is tranquility. It reminds me of of, um, springtime in Emerald. (laughs) It's just tranquil all the time. It's green. It's raining. It's growing and everything. Birds are singing and nesting and everything. It's all going well. But then... uh, Summer hits and there's a few hot days, not as many as up here, down there. But then winter comes <laughs> and the rain and the rain and the rain. <laughs> it tra- taking the cows through the gate, for instance, it's through the gate from one paddock to another. And you've you got about two foot of mud to go through. They all go through and they make it pretty muddy and deep. <laughs> you have to, you, 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 you've been there if you've been on a farm. And um, <clears throat> that's life. You come to bottlenecks, you come to things that happen. But who's in control? Remember, all the time, the captain of our salvation. Israel, when they recognized that, look what happened. Read those chapters again. Go through the battles they won and see how they won the battles over the enemy. And the Lord gave them the land. Just a shame they didn't go all the way. (laughs) Because it it said there that there were so few of them when there was probably close to 4 million of, the, of that time, with children included, or even more. But they said, we'll be scattered so far that we won't be able to 
control the land. We won't be able to control the wild beasts and the thorns of the field. We'll, and they, in their mind, they were thinking, we've got too much now. <laughs> we wanted everything, but we can't con- control and contain it all. And you think, well, it's a small land, it's four million. But they didn't have tractors. They didn't have machines. They had horses, and they were forbidden to use them on a lot of occasions. The king was said not to ride a horse. And when the Lord Jesus rode in, the king of Jerusalem, he rode an ass. That's <laughs> yeah, all significant. But the, there they were given this wonderful land, and they were going to go in and take it and control. And as the Gibeonites, who are a picture of the devil, deceived Israel in thinking they were from a long way off with their mouldy bread, they put them to forced labour, but still they were a thorn in the side. And others, they said, will capture these and will make them bearers of water for the temple and the sacrifices in the wood. They're going to cut the firewood for the temple because there's a fire going all the time. Someone had to cut the wood and they didn't have chainsaws. And so all those practical things, they said, well, it's just logical that we keep a few of these as our slaves. Uh But what happened? They had their gods. They had their customs. And they started introducing them into the young people's lives. Isn't that what happens? And then down the next generation, down the next generational stall that I preached on before we left. God plans the whole thing. God, as our captain, saves our souls from the consequences of sin. For Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. How many does the Lord want to save of the people's planet? On people on the planet. Everybody. Everybody. Whosoever will come. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verses 5 to 7. We read this. Who then is Paul and who is Apollos but ministers by whom ye believed? Even as the Lord gave to every man. Who's in charge here? The Lord gave to every man. He gave them abilities and talents to preach and minister. Talking about these people, Paul and Apollos. I have planted, Apollos has watered, but notice who is important in this solution to man's need. God gave the increase. We have a lot of people around the world, particularly in America, that have made professions of the Lord Jesus Christ by doorstep conversions. And they ask them a few questions and the person logically thinking, oh, yes, 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 and oh, now you're saved. What? (laughs) Where is God in that? And they're reaping a harvest of people that think they're Christians and are not. It's not good if we say, well, we can go out, and Paul said it, you know, we're just sowing the seed, we're just watering watering the seed, but God is going to save the soul. We can't save souls. Although it says go out and be soul savers, we are instruments in the process of God working in that individual's life. And so he is our captain. He is the Lord. He saves our soul from sin's consequences. God gives the increase. The Lord Jesus is our captain. indwells the believing soul. In 1 Corinthians 12, 13, it says, For by one spirit were we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one spirit. 
He indwells as captain through the Holy Spirit, the believing soul. And that's what is said in that verse. Some people don't like reading that verse, but we are all in. All saved people are in what? One body. But there are many churches in that one body. Independent churches all around the world. But we're in one body. There is, and if you don't like it, it's in the scripture, a universal church. It's not the Catholic church, which means universal. It's not that. We're not talking about that. But there is a body that had started at Pentecost and will conclude when the Lord comes and takes and catches us up. That'll be the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he indwelt every one of them from start to finish who believed by saving faith on the Lord Jesus that turned in repentance of their sin to the Lord and said, he is the only one that can save me. Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 13. Let's read that one. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13 and 14. Chapter 4 verse 30. 1 13. In whom also after ye trusted. So in, in whom also ye trusted after you heard the word of truth. You hear the word. The spirit works. You believe. You heard the word of truth. The gospel of your salvation. In whom also after ye believed. Ye were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Who just dwelt? The believing person who indwelt, who comes in to possess your body? The Holy Spirit. He is the earnest of our inheritance. That is like a down payment, a deposit. Until the redemption of the purchased possession, the body. (laughs) And that is spoken of in Romans 8 when that redemption will be completed and our body, soul and spirit will be in God's presence forever. Possession unto the praise of his glory. Who indwells us? God, through his spirit. Chapter 4, verse 30 of the book of Ephesians. It tells us there also, And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, by whom ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. You thought my day of redemption was when I got saved. <laughs> And those two verses we've just looked at, and the one in Romans, it talks about it as being future. And that is because the body is not redeemed yet. It's still fallen. It's still got an old nature. It still is prone to sin. Prone to wonder, Lord, I feel it, said the songwriter. And so we're sealed unto that day of redemption where we've been given the down payment. He indwells the believing soul. The captain does. The captain places people in service. If you go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Verse 11, but all these, 1 Corinthians 12, 11, all these worketh that one and the self same spirit dividing to every man severally as he will. When the spirit comes in, he gives abilities, gives talents, whatever you like <laughs> you to call them, to people. In verse 18, but now God hath set. Who's the captain? God hath set. The self-same spirit, verse 11, 18, God hath set. Verse 24, God hath tempered. Who did that? God did. Verse 28, God hath set some. Who's running this show? I mean, not show. Who's running the church? God is. Ah, He places people in service, gifting them, sending them, tempering them, setting them. And Ephesians 4 
Ephesians 4 verse 11 says, And he gave some apostles, he gave, who? Captain, the captain. He gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry. They do that through God's gift to them to help people grow, that they might, the people might go and do the ministry for the edifying, the building up of the body of Christ. He is captain. Fifthly, the captain provides for his son's sustenance. If you go to the book of Romans, chapter 8, he sustains us in this place. He sustained them as they fought in the battles. And in fact, they were fighting so long. I don't believe in, well, I do believe in eight hours, if you like eight hours work, but if you if you're employed privately, personally, <clears throat> when you go to plough a paddock and it comes four o'clock and you've started at eight, eight to four, eight hours in, um, what do you do, Chris? Do you keep ploughing? Yeah, you keep ploughing. Until when? Dark. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Any time. <laughs> Ask Rachel. Tea's gone cold. Where are you, Chris? No, she doesn't do that anymore. <laughs> she might have when they first got married. <laughs> And Jill's used to, you're home. Have you had tea? <laughs> you know, 10 o'clock at night. Well, <clears throat> he provides, he sustains. These people went into the land to capture it and they fought right into the day and, and remember an occasion where the sun stood still. There's <laughs> never been a day like it that a man could say, stand thou still and God, <laughs> God did it for him. He, Joshua didn't. <laughs> and they won the battles. He, he sustains his own. They were, as it says in one other occasion, I think it was in the Kings, that they were faint, yet they were pursuing. They pursued. Where did eight hours come from anyway? Go into another country and try and do the eight-hour thing. And they don't have it in a lot of countries. It came from those. Now, yeah, there needs to be a balance between work and relaxing. There needs to be that, and we need to have a time off, and I'm sure Chris does do that at other days. <laughs> and takes a break from shearing, but you, or, or planting, and any other farmer. But, <clears throat> you know, they did come from unions and from those people that have set that down, and we can be thankful that, that we've got that, but not all countries have that. And not all ha- have the ability to be able to say, you know, this is what we want, and if we don't get it, we're going on strike. I don't know if we should be thankful for that. I've never been on strike. I might have felt like it. This week I'm not preaching. <laughs> what would you do if I did? I'm going to note here. Pastor went fishing. <laughs> oh no, up here, we'll put it here. Pastor's gone fishing. <laughs> you know, taking a break. <laughs> because when you go away, you've got to organise everything before you go away so you get double the work that week and catch up the next week when you get back. But, you know, it's uh, you need to think about these things. We need to think about God sustains his own in the work and the battle that we're going to. In Romans 8, I said we're going. <laughs> Chapter 8, verse 30, it says, Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he saw also called. Whom he called, them he justified. Whom he justified, them he glorified. What shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? If God's for us, who can be? Who? They're against our captain if they're against us. And we're being obedient to the Lord. They're against us. They're against the Lord. 
if God be for us. He that spared not his own son, delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him freely give us all things? Who's important here? The captain. The Lord is being pointed out here. In verse 33, who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God. It is God. Get it. It is God that controls the circumstances. It is God. You know, <clears throat> Romans 8, 28, 29, is it there? That it tells us all things work together for good to them that love God. It is God that is the captain. And Joshua, when he recognized that, won wonderful, un unparalleled victories in the land and the people were shaking in their boots in the land because God sustained his people God kept them going how can they fight they've never been warriors they've been slaves in Egypt where did they learn to fight God directed them what two more the Lord Jesus as our captain protects his children securely Verses five of Roman, uh, thirty-five of Romans eight. What shall or who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. In all these things we are more than conquerors through Him that loved us. He protects His children. You read through the book of Judges. And the, where it talks about the judges in Israel in the book of Kings, and that they are supposed to have protected God's people in Israel. <clears throat> when, the when there was no judge, every man did that which right in his own eye, not according to what the captain wanted. <laughs> they weren't saying, yes, sir, what do you want done? They went their own way. And then God would raise up a judge as he heard the cry of the people under submission of the countries or the people they left in the land. And then he would come back and help them. And it's usually a cycle of about 80 years, 40 years of a good judge, 40 years of slipping down, and then God would raise up a judge. But God protects his children. When they got out of favour with God, when they went their own way, he pulled his protection away. And that's the cycle over and over and over these things are written for our examples examples if you like it from english they're written for us to learn from if we go through that cycle we'll be in, even as god's children will be un, in as it were unprotected waters unprotected stages of life if we get out of his will i'm not saying that every sickness and disease and problem that we have is because we're sinning Sometimes it's because the Satan, the enemy, is attacking. And uh, we're put under scrutiny of his and, he, and under, under, under attack from him. Give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish. We have eternal security. But if we wander off on our own way, doing our own thing, and we're governing our own lives, and we're not looking to God and his word and his will for our life, then we're walking into territory where, okay, if you want to go there, go on your own. I remember at our home <laughs> was one of my brothers. I'm leaving. <laughs> He's looking. I won't say which one. <laughs> He's only about that big. one, me. <laughs> of course, never me. Maybe it was. No, it wasn't. It was an, and, and, and he, he, 
And they said, yeah, pack your bags and you can leave. <laughs> and he packed his bag, big suitcase, and, and, and the driveway, you know, was, what, 300 yards, 400 yards out to the thing. And he's dragging it. He couldn't even lift it. He's dragging the suitcase up the road a little bit at a time. And he gets toward the end of it and he's looking back and he's, I've only gone that far. <laughs> he probably starts thinking, where am I going to sleep tonight? And all these things. You know, that's what you're like when you start doing your own thing. <laughs> you're going off on your own and the Lord says, let's see how far he gets with his suitcase. <laughs> see if he realises he's not going to have tea on the table tonight. He'll have to eat a rabbit raw or, or whatever, a bandicoot. You see, trust in the Lord and recognise him as captain. The last point, that as captain of our salvation, he plans out our eternity. In Romans 8 and verse 23, it reads, And not only they, but ourselves also, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves, grown within ourselves, waiting for the adoption, that is the redemption of our body, what we talked about earlier, that's when the complete redemption is complete, the redemption of our body. We're waiting, we're looking forward to that. He's planned out eternity for us. Where are some verses in the Bible that you can go to, I as a Christian can go to, and there it says, he has planned out eternity. He's planned heaven for us. Heaven is a prepared place for a prepared people. And we're prepared through the gospel and believing on the Lord Jesus. Where are some verses? Does anything come to mind? That you can be encouraged and saying, our captain is going to keep his word. John chapter 14. I go and prepare a place for you, that where I am, there ye may be also, and I will come again and receive you unto myself. He's made that promise. So as captain, he's going to keep his promise. He's not going to sail off and leave us and never come back. No, he's going to keep it. John 3, 2 says, Behold, now are we the sons of God. It doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Are there other verses that talk about eternity, about heaven, about the wonderful prospects of it? Thinking, thinking. Revelation, Revelation the last few chapters there, talks about the new Jerusalem, the new heaven, the new earth. And the wonderful things that are promised about that. In the book of Isaiah, you've got the transition period, the millennium, that it talks about there where the animals stop biting and eating each other and, and you know, just Satan's bound and all the wonderful things that happen, a precursor to eternity. And that it's like heaven on earth on, those occasion, on that occasion where it speaks of that, particularly the book of Isaiah. And um, John 13, let's close by reading this, John 13. And verses 12 to 17. We read, <clears throat> So after he had washed their feet, and had taken his garment, he, was sat, he sat down again, he said unto them, Know ye what I have done to you? Ye call me Master, you know, Captain, and Lord, and ye say, Well, for so I am. <laughs> if I then, your Lord, Captain, Trailblazer, <laughs> have washed your feet, Ye also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done. So, as 
the captain has set an example, let's follow. That's what he said there. I'm your Lord, and you said well, you said it right. Then do what I have done. Help each other, encourage one another. Pray for one another, lift one another up. And let's say, yes, Lord. Yes, sir, to the Lord Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, may we in all our aspects and diverse lives be willing to submit to the Lordship of the Lord Jesus Christ as we have received him as Lord and Master. Let us all follow his example. Let's be encouraged that someone is overseeing everything. He is sovereign, he is Lord. And may we show that by our obedience to your word as we read it, doing your will from our heart, willingly and joyously. And may you be pleased to bless those that submit themselves in obedience to you. And bless us we part now in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat>